You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup, and it is on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, World Arm Wrestling League this week's show, number 44. And if you were with us last week, you'll know exactly who my guests are going to be, because we only got halfway through our chat. Yes, it's the continuation. If you've been sat waiting for this one, it is on. Part 2 of our special featuring Ryan Espy, Ryan Bowen and Rob Vigent Jr. Let's have it. Okay, guys, if you have been sat on your hands for a week, then it's time to get off them. Pick up your coffee, because we're about to go at it round number two. When you last heard from us, we just heard Rob Vigent Jr. talk about Danny Tesh and his necessity to win arm wrestling matches in the World Arm Wrestling League. Truer words were never spoken, Rob. And I think Ryan Bowen, you were just about to come in, and Ryan Espy, you were just about to come in with a response to those words of wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. Danny Tesh, I, I agree that he has to to keep winning with the story he's got. I actually feel like I do a lot of the legwork for Danny and help build a brand that actually is a story. Because honestly, I, I don't think many people would know about Danny Tesh prior to his match with Quinlan Mendes at all, unless myself and a lot of other people had to just kind of bashed into the North American viewership's ears that we thought Danny was going to win so comfortably. Um, so we, we we kind of built a lot of pressure on Danny, but Danny didn't feel it at all. So he was he just turned up and did his thing. But, but he is the kind of guy that just typically doesn't lose. And, and he's a super respectful guy, and he's got a great story because of it. And, and so I think that everyone... Everyone is picking their side on whether they, they want to get behind Danny or whether they want to see Danny lose. And I think that very quickly he's going to develop a character where a lot of people want to see him keep winning because he is, he's a top bloke at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, Danny Tesh um, has never said the slightest bit of disrespectful. I mean, he's just he just didn't get into it. When he when he came off his last match, his, his match with uh, Quinlan Mendes, uh, it was quite a heated encounter in many ways, and there's you know there's a lot of emotion at the table, none of which Danny got into. He just showed up, he did his job, and I think everybody um, will respect the fact that there's definitely a place for that kind of athlete. Um, the one sort of counter to that is that a lot of people can say, well, hang on a minute, how did Danny Tesh then even get the shot? Because you've got guys like, let's say, okay, Ryan Espy, who's on this call now. Very respectful guy, doesn't go out there mouthing off. Multiple WEF world champion, articulate bloke. Why is he not getting a call regularly? That's the question I keep asking myself, Neil. <laughs> it's... I think I think it's just how people match up and you know we don't have reason or rhyme for match selection with the limited number of slots you try to put together 
the best possible matches. And touching on uh, Danny's got to win to to keep going. That's the sporting world. That's not just the quiet guy. That could be the dynamic guy as well. In sporting world, especially a combat sport, the fight game, the arm wrestling game, you can go from being what everyone's talking about to being irrelevant with one or two losses. And I'll dial that back to Dave Chafee. Dave Chafee was arguably a year ago the best super heavyweight in the world, better than Dennis. People were fighting that fight for him. He loses back-to-back matches kind of in a controversial way with Devin and Michael, and people stopped even talking about the guy. Like he didn't exist anymore. And that's sports. It's very unforgiving. You could be an asshole. If you're winning, they're talking about you. If you're quiet, you're winning, they're talking about you. But if you start losing in sports, no one gives a fuck. Nobody does. Don't the, fool yourself. The, Being a nice guy will only get you harassed. Ryan, let's put it like this. I'm not going to bash. If you went over there and won Zlotty, your world would be in a very different place today. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. It's what element of you courts controversy. One of the things you said a moment ago, uh, Rob, which you're usually that guy that goes out there and he'll just tell it, tell them how it is. But it's hard not to get drawn along in that tide of, you know, this is the popular opinion. Because one of the things you said there was, you know, mm, Dave got beat controversially twice. Well, you could definitely say that about Devon Larratt's win. OK, you can say, yeah, it went to Dave was in Kings. Devon was in Kings. I am really struggling to see any controversy whatsoever attached to the absolute ass-whipping that was laid on Dave by Michael Todd. And that's no disrespect to Dave. We've all been there. But Michael didn't really go kings. Michael just completely... You know what, though? I've I've come to the conclusion after many talks with Devin, controversial might have been the bad word. It was controversial amongst the public where they could have defended exactly. Dave enough. Yeah. I've come to the term, the, the fact that, and this is from a person that's tried to swim against the current with a lot of things that have happened in arm wrestling via rules, pads, straps, all that shit. And I've learned that it's only making my world difficult to play the game. And King's move is, is a move. It's allowed. They play the game. They both won in convincing fashion, but to the public, it was controversial but yet they still forget about you if you take one or two losses. You go from being an elite, arguably number one guy in the world, this is no different than what we'll say every elite star in every sport goes through. A pitcher will throw a perfect game, and then the next game, they'll be getting paraded. The next game, they throw a bunch of walks and let a bunch of home runs out there, and they're a shit bum that should be traded. It's every sport. It's unforgiving. The end of the day, wins and losses truly matter. And social media is a brutal world. I mean, let's be oh, honest. Let's get back devil. to Ryan Esty, okay? Because you, you, Ryan's world class as a super heavyweight. And yet, the tide of public opinion says that Ryan would not hold a candle to or have a cat in hell's chance against Michael Todd on the right arm. Why, why not? I mean... Michael Todd is the type of guy who creates controversy by getting up in the morning. I mean, when he was born, the midwife slapped his mother. And to be honest, Ryan Ryan Bowen recently has been another guy that has managed to get himself a lot of haters online by coming out with confident statements. So whatever it is that trips that trigger, and all of a sudden, the haters come flying in. But the point I was making there, really, Rob, is the fact that you said, you know, you wind the clock back and Dave Chafee was the man. 
he gets a couple of losses and suddenly public opinion dictates that he's not relevant in the World Arm Wrestling League anymore. He can't win. He can't compete. And yet that can so easily happen to anybody, even the guys who were just below that roster level. Because, as I say, with Ryan Espy, um, you've got a situation where we saw him get into a fair old match with, with Jerry Cataret, you know, in his most recent outing in World Arm Wrestling League. So could he be a... I mean, let's put it straight to Ryan. Ryan, do you see yourself as a threat to the top super heavyweight guys? One match that I like you in, and I'm going to throw it out there right now, I like you with Todd Hutchins. Hey, I, I think, I think you off. and Todd Hutchins is a great potential pull. I would take that match all day long, Neil, but it's, it, I think that I'm on the level where I can be competitive with those guys. If you're going to ask me if I thought I could beat Michael Todd tomorrow um man i realistic i mean i gotta be realistic here he's the champ you don't just walk in there and, and knock out the champ you gotta rack up a few wins and there's different things at play that aren't in certain other organizations and uh, michael's got a toolbox that when you finally get to the where he pulls out the king's move he's a tough guy to beat like we're going to see some domination going on here in the next little while for him. But I mean, obviously somebody calls me up and says, you want to pull him next week? I'm going to say, yes, I'm going to jump in there and I'm going to see what happens. So me, it's around matches that I think about in a heartbeat. They'll just pop up. I can be doing anything. And a match comes into my mind and I think, Jesus, that's a great, but who wins yeah. that? I mean, one I was on the other day, which I absolutely love. And you can tell me what you guys individually think about that. And hold that thought also, Ryan, on you and Todd Hutchins, because I love that match. But the second one there, Wagner Bortolato, Robbie Topi. Nah. Left-handed. Nah, I think Wagner's got too much in the shoulder. I love that match. I think uh, that's a tough one, man. I think that I think Wagner is a bit of an unknown right now, but everything I've seen, like how good is Devin Larratt's left arm? I have nothing to go by. I mean, he crushed or he, he had his way with Wagner, but Robbie is coming back up. Yeah, but, I mean, but I, Devin's I had times when would be one sided. Devin's had times when he's, you know, given a very healthy on top of the world, Travis, Nightmare days left-handed, and we saw Devin at you know upwards of almost 280 at that ma at that match with with Wagner, and Devin's arm being pretty healthy, the biggest, maybe strongest horsepower-wise Devin we've seen. I don't think him beating Devin uh, Wagner is a reflection of uh, Wagner not being super elite. I just think it's a nod to how high Devin's left arm was on that on that encounter and especially a guy like Travis has historically been more problematic, you know, using the, the, the speed and the top roll and kind of moving around. Someone's going to carve into Devin's wrist is really falling into a sweet spot for him. So I just think that that match was tailored to make Wagner not look as dangerous as he really is. I, I love agree. that I, much. Yeah, I, I agree with it. Toby. Um, Man, that's a match that I would like too, though. I mean, Wagner Bortolato, I brought his name up before he was in the WAL and said that that would be a good match if the WAL ever brought in a left-handed division. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see I that like match I like that match better. I like mm -hmm. Ryan and Wagner better. 
Yeah, I like I like that match also, and, and you know we've discussed that, Ryan. It's one that's on my radar, without a doubt. The matches just pop up. I mean, another one I like, Chris the Freak Chandler, Lachlan Adair. Oh yeah, <laughs> would I so would have to say, based on the guys Chris's beat, that Chris would be too much because I think it would fall into a very comfortable center table bone-in hook and if chris shows up the way he was in past uh wals where you know he was beating guys like uh matt gardner in a hook and giving jerry cataret long drawn-out fits um and and making his way to the final round on just a hook um i would think right now he'd be a little bit too much is he that guy though is he what guy? I think, uh, well, is he that guy that was giving Gardner fits and Cataret? I'm not sure he is. Oh, Where is yeah, he right that's now? Different. I mean, he's got he's he's dabbled in bodybuilding, and I you know I don't know what he's doing, but mm-hmm. I would imagine with a notice he could come in in a pretty good shape. What about if we gave him about as much notice as we did for this podcast? Uh, <laughs> then I think I would go. <laughs> then you'd have a match. <laughs> I can tell you, I can tell you where Lachlan Adair's at right now is that he he's at a peak of intensity in terms of he's just focus and, and effort. He's he's been in the sport only four years, but for the last nine months he's been under the tutelage of um, of Giannis Amelins and Giannis is programming literally every set and rep that Lachlan is doing, and and so he he's he's really refined his his game and his and his specific mm-hmm. strengths. Um, we saw him at Zlotti. He, I think, he finished mid-pack, but he looked at home like like pulling against Zambalat. He 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 had Zambalat, and he only lost on elbow fouls as he's going to pin him. So, so Lachlan's Lachlan's got the strength. He's just um, it's just the experience, and and that that's coming quickly as well. So I, I would love to see Lachlan as well. I love it, Chandler and Lachlan Adair. That's a match yeah, I really, good. really like. That visually looks really good. <laughs> Beast. You know the script. i got to call time, ladies and gentlemen. Short break required. Time to get up, to wave the weasel, to have a drink, to do anything else you can do in a short period of time. But don't go away, because we'll be right back with more from Espy, Rob Vigent Jr. and the Ginger Ninja in just a few. Welcome back to the show, guys, and let's get straight back into the thick of things with Ryan Espy, Ryan Bowen, and the hammer holder, Rob Vigent Jr. And, and another match I'm going to throw out there straight away. What about Marcio Barbosa versus you, Ryan? Left-handed. That would be... I think that would be a great match. I mean, Marcio and I have... We have pulled, I think, three times in our entire history left-handed... Uh, I got one of them. He got two of them. It was throughout the last 20 years. But, I mean, there was a podium at a WAF championship where there was myself, Marcio, and Andre Pushkar on that podium. So, I mean, that's we've had, mm. some, uh, we've had some good goes. And Marcio, if he commits to the putting on weight, and, I, man, I think it's a great match. He's one of the all-time great left hands, too. I mean, he was, for a long time in North America, Nobody could do a goddamn thing with him except for Travis. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh... he's one of the all-time greats. I, I remember watching that Worlds on, I believe, maybe Arm TV was there filming it. 
And uh, I watched that with, with him and Andre Pushkar right there in the center of the table banging away. And I don't think either one of them won. I think it was decided on fouls. So for the legend that Andre is, that really shows you where Marcio is on a given moment. And you know, obviously, Rob, you and Sasha Andreev, that's a great... Yeah, I, I like that one. I think it's very touch and go on how it falls. Um, but, I mean, I like it for the fact that it bridges the world of a very, very high-level uh, top European that will bring undoubted legitimacy to the class. Because people think right now that you know, North America is like the ugly redheaded stepchild to uh, Europe. And I don't think that talent wise, I've expressed my opinions on that. So I like any match that, that brings legitimacy to the class. And, you know, it kind of takes the argument out of it. If you take somebody that's a, a WAF champion, a Zloty champion, an A1 champion, anything like that that dominates Europe and you them in a league that it brings legitimacy to it i mean i think you know that's that's great match who are the matches that that you that keep you awake at night ryan who were the guy if you had uh, to name two names right-handed who you'd love to face most tell me them you're talking Which to Espy or bowen i'm talking to Espy. <laughs> oh right-handed if i were to call out like are we talking current roster you're talking anybody Man, I mean, the Hutchings match you threw out there sure is an interesting match. And that was only put on my radar when, when Hutchings was on our show. Um, but, I mean, he's coming off a couple of losses. I'm coming off a loss. I think it would be uh, I think it would be awesome. I mean, that's one that I would really go to. And, uh, you know, on the current roster, I mean, there's lots of good matches out there to have. Do you like Hutchins? Do you like that match a lot? Yeah, I do like that match. I mean, I know what I'll be facing. I'll know what I'll be dealing with. And how do you uh, see it, Ryan? Do you see? Do you can you beat Todd Hutchins? Yeah, I believe I can. I believe I can. Um, Ryan Bowen, can this man beat your mentor? I, I think. I think so. I think that. Um, I think that where where Matt Mask, for instance, struggled. I feel like Ryan Espy is going to have just more inertia in that same hand and wrist position. I don't think Todd could do the same thing, but I think if, if Todd forced it, forced it into, into a hook, I think it would be Todd's for sure. But, but I think that I, I, I don't see that going straight into a hook. I, th I think that's an uphill battle for Todd, in my opinion. What about you, Rob? How do you see that much? Hutchins, uh, your, your buddy, or Espy? I think... I think um, it's tough. I think I think Todd's a, a difficult mix. I don't know enough about Ryan's arm wrestling right-handed. I know he's proficient. He looks like a very proficient top roller. I think I I think the thing you need to be competitive with Todd is comparable arm strength. And then if you can use, uh, and I think you got to have a shoulder that you're uh, will commit to pushing down. So I think if you just try to top roll, like how people end up in problems with Jerry, even though they get the hand, the way the strap pulls on the wrist, it's almost at your disadvantage if you try to keep that top roll. I look back when Travis tried to pin Jerry when they had that epic $10,000 match, and 
you need to throw shoulder commitment up there. I think you need to throw some shoulder and like push down. And if he's got that, I think he'll get the hand flat. I think he'll get that center of the table dominated. But if he can't throw that shoulder up there tall and push with it, um, I would say Todd Hutchings would win that. I don't think he'll be able to secure a hook, but that all depends on after round one. If everyone's fatigued out, then it's all it's all you know up for grabs. Um, potentially, I would say Ryan could because of his top roll. But if he's top roll only, it's a very long day. Which do you think is a better match, Todd Hutchins for Ryan Espy or Matt Mask? I was going to pipe in there and ask while you were talking about matches to keep him up. I was going to ask how he fares with Matt Mask. And I would say for Ryan. Very different challenge, isn't it? (laughs) I would like Matt Mask and Ryan probably better. See, I think that's a faster finish. I mean, let's come to to Ryan yourself. Espy, where do you, how do you go with Matt? Well, it's a, com- <laughs> it's a completely different style. Yeah. Come down to containing Matt's pronation and not getting top rolled myself. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I see you guys both sitting there flat handed in the middle of the table for a period, much like that first round of Vitaly and Levon. I could see that. It, it could do that. And we would definitely be in the strap immediately. Like there's, there's no, there's no way that match is finishing outside of it. Right. And we could have, like uh, we could, Ryan? we could completely neutralize each other, and it comes down to side pressure. Like it's, exactly, uh, and that's can you can you pull him flat-handed? If he flattens your wrist and hand, can you can you pull with Matt if your hand's flat? Yes, I've uh, I've 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 opened up. I've been training my vectors, Bowen. You'd be proud of that. <laughs> but uh, uh, we've been working on side pressure like a lot. It's been one of the focuses over the last year. You do realize now, Ryan, that you need to launch Ryan Espy, that you need to launch a, a video series talking about your mentor, uh, Ryan Bowen, <laughs> how he's been inspired by his vectors. At, at which point, uh, Chris Gobby leaves arm crossfire and <laughs> never takes <laughs> turn after trying to car bomb you. Yeah. It's, fu- it's funny how it's funny how this vectors thing is taking hold so much, and everyone's crediting me for this for the term. And 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 the, the the story behind that is that I I would just when I was talking with Todd initially about all my training, I would I would repeatedly say what angle I was I was hitting, and it just used to piss him off so much. As, as a mechanical engineer, he's like, "You got to stop saying angle. I can't handle it. It's a vector. All right, we're talking about vectors here." So wait a minute. Todd so you're exposing where the vector. This is this is like exclusive. <laughs> So it's actually yeah, the... Todzilla's responsible for the bloody vectors thing. Todd he's talked Zilla, you in yeah, he right. He's talked you in there. Yeah, but that's not necessarily true. Just because a guy coined it, Ryan made it famous. That's oh, like yeah. the fidget spinner. You know, the fidget spinner was out for like twenty-five fucking years, and the lady couldn't afford to renew the patent, and she didn't know what to do with it. And the company yeah. who made fidget spinners, fidget spinners, bought the patent off her after she sat on her hands for twenty-five years, and now it's a bazillion dollar. Stupid fucking toy. Ryan said vectors. Ryan was like a Mad Lib who inserted vectors every five words in his videos. So he made it famous. Vectors is Ryan Bowen. I would love to see a video with Ryan Espy talking about vectors because it'd be like he taught the vector and then interesting. Every couple of minutes, (laughs) you'd be hitting that. Anyway, let's let's leave this. We can't start tucking people in. It's just not fair. We'll be right back with more from Espy, Rob Vigent Jr. and the Ginger Ninja 
in just a few. Welcome back to the show, guys, and let's get straight back into the thick of things with Ryan Espy, Ryan Bowen, and the hammer holder, Rob Vigent Jr. Joking, joking aside, which match excites you most, Ryan Espy? Is it Matt Mask? Is it Todd Hutchings? Who would you like to pull of those two guys? I think Todd Hutchings is the one that I would probably lean towards mm-hmm. on that one. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Interesting mm-hmm. stuff, Mr. Espy. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like it too. What, so I, I want to talk about Todd Hutchins and 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 something that I that I've heard in the past. People talk about Todd Hutchins um, and us saying who should he have next. And I heard of a couple of people bring up, or even Michael Todd brought it up, uh, a possible match with with Todd Hutchins at some point, And then everyone kind of laughed about it. I actually, I, I, when Todd was at my place, he talked in length with me in the gym about how he would potentially beat Michael Todd if he ever got the chance to face him. And, and I'll tell you right now, the man's got a plan that it'd work, I reckon. No. Whoa, whoa, no. Hang on a minute. Whoa, whoa, sweet child of mine. Not only has the man got a plan, the man has got a plan that would work. You realise you said that out loud? No. Yeah, I do. I do. Like, like, that's good uh, on no paper. That's, that's it's all good on paper. It's, it's, no. Well, I mean, yeah. do you... Case in point, Ryan Bowen. Okay, and I I really like Todd. I I love Todd Hutchins. I mean, you know, dude's rock strong. You can't knock him. But case in point here would have been he got Kings to a minor level by Devon Larrop. Yeah. And after that one, really struggling. Now, yeah. Michael no, Todd I, I is arguably more proficient at the King's move than, in my opinion, is more proficient at the King's move than Devon. And that mm-hmm. dude will sit there to you suck your pants up your own ass. I mean, he'll stay there yeah. all day. Not for, for me, the, the, the thing is, I agree with you 100%. If it's classic Todd Hutchins trying to pin Michael Todd. It does. It doesn't look good. It's, it's impossible. It's bad. He just goes back, and he's never going to get through. He doesn't have a press, so he's not going to finish Michael Todd under any circumstance. But there's another characteristic to Michael. I mean, to to Todd, that that does bring him into the conversation. That's that's his endurance in inside pressure and patience, and even if his wrist is compromised. Now, Michael that's Todd what you're talking wrist. about, Michael Todd, who has arguably the same endurance. Yes. But Michael Todd's endurance is in the defensive third. Um, Todd Hutchins' endurance can be anywhere on the table. And what, um, you if, don't, if, if, what people don't if, want to mention if, about Michael Todd is he's got a retarded shoulder press. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yes, I'm also going to call you on that, Ryan, because it, it, has Ryan got that kind of endurance or has he got that kind of endurance when he's when he is putting the burn on his opponent? I.e. his strength curve is higher than that of the man he's arm wrestling. Because with Devon, he didn't have that endurance. He had one match, it lasted 20 seconds, and after that match, he was carved inside out. He had nothing there. Uh, Round two, Devin went into a hook with with Todd and then quickly changed his mind and went back to a king's But when he did do that, it was easy pickings. And when you speak to Devin, Devin Devin says that he fed Todd rope. I mean, we have Devin on this show, and that's what he said. He said, look, yeah, okay, I fed Todd Rowe because I wanted to make an entertaining and then I finished him. Let me describe a match, and you just tell me whether you think this is actually 
possible. Ready Go happens. Todd Hutchins doesn't try to pin it all. Todd Hutchins just contains, just focuses his energy on containment. Michael Todd kind of puts on his 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 King's Movie top roll hit, drop drops body kind of below the table, um, two inches I think to go. We're going to be on straps yeah. at this point. Yeah, we're, we're in straps. We're in straps. Oh, okay. Michael, we're in Michael straps. Todd. Michael Todd's two inches from the pin in a top roll. Yeah. Um, that's when Todd Hutchins turns his, he, his arm on. Um, yeah. I don't believe Michael Todd's going to finish with, with a King's move. He's going to have to stand up and press. Todd is sitting there waiting for the transition to a press. And only when the transition to a press arrives does Todd, does Todd Hutchins truly engage with the full committed side pressure. The instant Michael Todd goes back to any form of King's move, Todd Hutchins relaxes again and says, "No, no. I'm going to fight you when you press." Well, first, I think the first yeah, thing we've got to raise Michael that. Todd can throw that shoulder on. Michael Todd stands up and throws that shoulder on super fast. And to think that Todd's going to contain, Todd's going to well, lose be, his hand. He time. is going to be it flat. Be the the yeah, only no, thing you, I would say there, Ryan, <laughs> okay, is yeah. that Todd Michael Todd has faced on numerous occasions men with more power, more raw, aggressive side than Todd. Uh, case you in point, Dave Chafee. Dave Chafee's got better side. Well, Andre Pushka had a great deal better side and a great and was very, very explosive and also was in a situation where he did exactly what you've just described. In other words, Mike hit, bounced off, straight arm, and then all of a sudden, Andre, who contains it, unleashed like a mother fluffer, couldn't pin Mike. Yeah. Well, I, the, the, the not, thing I is, don't think it's going to unfold the what, way. What, like, that's a great plan that he has there, but... It was until Ryan just exposed it to the Western world. Yeah, now he knows. <laughs> but it's, it's also not a realistic scenario, in my opinion. I think that... Everything that would have would have to be absolutely perfect, and Michael Todd, being the experienced champion that he is, would have to fall for every little trap that was laid in order for that scenario to play out. And he would right. have that to would do work. Three, that would work. He has once. to do it three times. Exactly. Yeah. One time would be super super cool, but to do it over a five round, I mean, that's. I don't see the tool, the, the, the tools in the box. I just don't see it. Devin, when he last pulled Michael with his length and his hand and his strengths was, was in a negative wrist position. And, and he's got about a, a foot of length over Todd and he couldn't keep those angles in line. I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and say Michael Todd's unbeatable. I just don't think he's beatable by the man you're talking about and in the fashion you're talking about. I think if Todd had a venomous press, if he got his press really nailed on, then he's got the horsepower to make it a very difficult day for Michael and he's got the endurance when it's in his spot to make it a tough day for Michael. But he would have to, for me, he's got to bring something to the table that would be very unexpected because I don't think that on the, 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 the way that he pulls right now, I think Michael is a bad match for for uh, for Todd Hutchins. I think it's a hard match for him. You gotta remember too, even with every leverage advantage, and I mean Jerry's a world class elite. We can all agree on that. So this isn't like a bash on Todd Hutchins. I'm just looking at it from an analytic side. 
with every advantage, with basically Jerry grabbing around Todd Hutchings' wrist, he had Jerry fully flopped, fully dominated from the top position, and still couldn't pin him. That yeah, says something to me. No, but well, well, I think the point that Rob's making there is that that Jerry did have, and if you watch some of their matches and their encounters um, back a number of times, Jerry did have Michael in horrible spots. I mean, really bad positions for Mike, you know. Mike was in a yeah. bad, bad place and was hammering him on him in a place that Jerry Cataret's really, really comfortable in. And he couldn't finish Mike. You know, and when you speak to Jerry after, he's going, God damn, Michael's hard to finish. So I can, yeah. I can tell yeah, you, I, Jerry, I when Jerry gets in that same way. Let, let's just hear from Esty on that one because he's got <laughs> raw gonna, to I was just going to offer you that when Jerry gets in that spot, and I'm having experienced it personally, I can see the needle on my gas tank going down way quicker than the one on his, and he's just sitting there waiting. Mm. Um, uh-huh. And Michael Todd sat there and basically outlasted him. For minutes, like you say, for minutes he sat there. And, and, and Jerry... Well, that match is still tit for tat. Those two guys are, you know, oh, yeah. very evenly matched, and and uh, that that's that's made to be five minute matches. Those two guys, if there ever is a a guy made for each other and stylistically how they 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 throw each other for a layup, that's that's the two. But the point is, I mean, when you talk about if Todd had the the position and everything, I mean it. He had everything he could with a guy like Jerry, and if he had a, I don't think you could pin Todd, uh, Michael Todd, without a tall, you know, shoulder and a stout wrist. And I just don't, I don't know, I can't be convinced of it until it happens. You could prove me wrong; it's happened before, but honestly, I don't see. It. Honestly, I, I I agree when I struggle to see a way that Todd finishes, but I, I what I can see is just difficulty in Michael finishing as well. Where I think everyone. Because his shoulder is so strong. He stands up. Michael Todd does shoulder roll. Michael Todd will go from King's move to standing on you after you think you're breathing and you're fucked. You know, the weird, in my experience of pulling both men, I've pulled Jerry a couple of times, pulled Michael many, many times. Um, what I would say, Jerry's press uh, for, a, for a top roll uh, or a counter in a top roll is a smoother, more linear press. Michael's is horrible. Michael's is just a brutal sideways, just a nasty position. It's the kind of position, if you jumped into that, just wait for the snap. It is not good. You do, you, I, I'm, I'm serious. That dude, when he comes at you hard with that shoulder, when he dives in, he times it so well and he's so committed with it. Yeah, you want to jump in front of that? Yeah, get off the track when the train's coming. That's all I'm going to say to you because I've been there a number of times and that is a horrible place to be. Yeah, yeah. Unless, unless you're Wagner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah left hand, left hand, different game. Oh my God. Night and day. <laughs> night and day. Uh, Michael's right arm. Yeah, I'll keep you awake at night. Seal your faith. There is no doubt about it. But, um, gentlemen, we've been on here for 33 minutes. Show number two. I gave you, like, 10 minutes notice. I pulled Ryan off the goddamn toilet. And he still came on here and did the show. You're warriors, fellas. You are warriors. And it's been, it's been emotional. 
I want to say thanks for coming on, lads. Absolutely uh, a pleasure to speak to you, lads, for the last uh, couple of episodes, and uh, enjoy your day. Ladies and gentlemen, that does bring us to the end of an absolutely cracking two-parter here on the World Arm Wrestling League this week. A massive thank you to my guest, Ryan Espy of Canada, the Manitoba Mastiff. I want to thank Rob Vigent Jr., the man who holds the middleweight hammer. And also, from the rising star of the middleweight division from the land down under, the ginger ninja, the man you love to hate, Ryan Bowen. Fellas, it was an absolute cracker. I also want to thank all of you guys for taking the time out, taking the time to tune in, to check us out. I hope you enjoyed the show, guys, and I hope you'll be back same time next time and tune in once again to the World Arm Wrestling League this week with myself, Neil Pickup. Till then, you know what to do. Take it easy, peeps. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.